Hello, thank you for choosing to listen to Theme Park Films Podcast. We are Carla and Holly, two friends from England, who will ride the movies, watch the film and give you our thoughts. You can find us on at Theme Park Films on Twitter. Oh, and just one more thing. If you are driving whilst listening to this podcast, please keep your arms inside the vehicle for the duration of the show. Thank you. Hello and welcome to Theme Park Films. I'm Carla and as ever I'm joined by Holly. Hello. And this week we are discussing Guardians of the Galaxy 2, which was released on the 28th of April 2017 in the UK and the 5th of May 2017 in the USA. So for some reason we got it a week before, which is very odd because it's not, not an English film or British film. I mean, I, I'm going to say from the off, because I did say that we would give, you know, I'd give a warning if it was a film that I didn't particularly like, because I hate listening to shows that slag off a film that I like. I don't find it big or clever or anything. I don't like that. You know, that's not what we're here to do. We're just have a bit of fun, but it just wasn't my cup of tea. So if, if you're a really big Marvel fan, you know, maybe choose another episode to listen to, because I don't want to insult you. Just end it there. That's the end of the podcast. See you next week. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, I, I did write down a few things that, that I enjoyed about the film. Um, but first of all, we'll, we'll just touch briefly on the ride, which which isn't actually there yet. However, it's been announced that it will be in Epcot within the next two to three years. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Um, there's there's an attraction of some kind in Disneyland, California, but the one, because we do normally default to Walt Disney World, the one that's going to go into Florida, from what I've read online, there's not an awful lot of information, but it kind of sounds a little bit like Space Mountain-esque, that kind of ride. Oh, okay. Rather than a 3D show, I may—I mean, there may be elements of 3D, but the the general consensus is it's going to be a track kind of ride. There were bits when I was watching the film actually, and I thought it would make a good ride. Yeah, I could see that. Probably a better ride than film, I would say. Yeah, like there was definitely bits where I was like, actually, this would be quite good. Or again, it would be quite good if you were watching it in 3D. Yeah. So, yeah, Epcot has taken it. I mean, we've said before, we don't really understand why. Well, we do understand why Epcot is putting films into it now, such as Frozen. It's to get people to go over there more. But uh, I feel it, it taints it a little bit. I don't understand why this isn't going into, you know, Disney Hollywood Studios, to be honest. I agree. Definitely feels like it would be better fit in Hollywood Studios. Yeah, Definitely. Um, and I also, I know we've talked before and I've read out the legalities around Marvel and Universal Studios, um, but, but Disney own Marvel now. So it's like we've got half of Marvel in Universal Studios, like the old, I don't know, before the contract like came about. And now we've got some of it in Disney and I don't, it just all seems a bit messy, doesn't it? Yeah, and it's definitely, I think, you know, first of all, Epcot feels a little bit like a thing. Someone comes up with a good idea and they go, oh, okay, yeah, stick it in Epcot then. We'll give it a go, see how it works. Yeah. And, you know, the thing about Universal, like they, obviously the, the Marvel bit there is 
done really well. Like it all sort of suits each other. Like to just what stick a random Guardians of the Galaxy ride in Epcot. It's weird. It is weird, isn't it? Like, you know, you're just having a nice leisurely walk around the world and then you walk out and there's Guardians of the Galaxy there. It just doesn't it doesn't sit right. Like eventually what's gonna happen? Are they gonna re release every Marvel film and then at one point Epcot's gonna become Marvel Land, is it? I don't, I don't, that's what I said. I don't understand the legalities of, of how come they've got a Marvel film in Disney now when they couldn't have the previous Marvel films. Does that mean all Marvel films now will never go into Universal? Maybe. It doesn't fit with Epcot in the slightest. Very, and that I would say that regardless of if I like the film. I like Frozen, but I don't agree that should be in Epcot either. It's just odd. Should be in Disney World, like Magic Kingdom. Yeah, that should definitely. It should be. They should do a whole Frozen Land in Disney World, like like they've done. I don't think you've seen it yet. I don't think you've been there, but like they've done with Beauty and the Beast. Like there's a whole Beauty and the Beast Land now in the Magic Kingdom, and it's just stunning. Yeah, they could. Anyway, onto the film. The the positives I found in the film is I, I like Chris Pratt. I think he's good. You see, I was actually. I was gonna. I wrote a comment here, and I put Chris Pratt thoughts. Thoughts. I just don't know how I feel about him. I feel like he thinks he's now he's got a bit too big for his boots. Did you ever watch him in um, Parks and Recreation? No. I mean, that, that, as far as I know, that's where he started. So, like a, a sitcom, and he wasn't in any way like a heartthrob in it at all. And obviously now. You know, he's buffed up and everything. And, you know, I, I do feel a little bit like you that maybe it's sort of turned his mm. head a little bit, perhaps. I don't know if I like him. Well, I liked him in this film. I thought I thought he was good. I thought he played the part well. He's, uh, he's rumoured, I've heard, to be the next Indiana Jones when Harrison Ford's too old to do it. Wasn't he in... Oh, no, sorry. That was Jurassic Park. <sighs> They're the same, aren't they? Not really. Oh, sort of. There's no dinosaurs in Indiana Jones, Holly. Same nonsense, though, running around forest, aren't they? Very similar films. Um, and I like I like the soundtrack. Yeah, I thought that was quite you know quite good. And I thought the the visuals were good. It was very colourful. I like the poster. Poster. The poster promoting the film. Oh, gosh, right, that's all he could come up with. Well, you know, I mean, some posters I don't like at all. Oh, okay. I'm going to attempt to talk through the film. So, again, apologies if I get any errors. I did try to double-check everyone's name on, on Wikipedia so that I didn't do anything wrong. But I will probably just call Chris Pratt Chris. Yeah, because I don't know his name. Um, so it starts off in Missouri, 1980. And we see Kurt Russell in what has got to be the best anti-aging makeup I have ever seen. I mean, he really looked like Kurt Russell from, like, when I remember him in the 80s. It was insane. In fact, I didn't even believe it. What like, I, I don't know. I thought they might have found some footage somehow of Kurt Russell that they managed to put together. I've never seen anything so amazing as that. In fact, that would be my top moment. Forget the poster. Kurt Russell's anti-aging makeup was incredible. So we see him and uh, a woman in an open-top car. 
And where was the woman from? Who was the actress? Oh, I don't know. I'm going to say one word in between us. I don't even remember what she looked like. I literally can't remember hardly anything about her. I was so dazzled by Kurt Russell. She was Will's girlfriend in the Inbetweeners 1 in the first movie. Oh, my God. I mean, if I really didn't dislike this film that much, I'd watch it back. Just check. Yeah. I can't believe you picked up on that. I mean, you literally confused Indiana Jones for Jurassic Park, and yet you recognised Will's girlfriend from the Inbetweeners. Much to the shock. It isn't Downton Abbey, which is my favourite TV show. It is the Inbetweeners. Yeah, we put a poll online where I asked people to guess Holly's favourite uh, TV show. And, I mean, it was ridiculous. But 90% of people thought it would be Downton Abbey, which I loved. It amused me greatly. And I must point out, um, we've had a couple of people online asking why we're doing the second one. There's, there's a couple of reasons. It was free on Sky Movies, the second one, and not the first one. So, easier. And I did double check with quite a few, and they won't mind me calling them geek podcasts because that's what they call themselves. And I said, would it be okay to, would we pick it up from the second one? They assured me it, it was. And to be honest, I I don't think watching the first one would have made much difference to my knowledge of it anyway. So that's why we've gone for number two. And thank you to the geek shows of Britpod scene for guiding me and telling me that. Anyway. So he takes Meredith, or Will's girlfriend, into the woods and shows her this plant-type thing on the ground and he tells her it will be all above the universe. She says she doesn't know what he's talking about and I wrote there's two of us because I had no idea what he was going on about. Now or for the rest of the film. She says she can't believe she's falling in love with a spaceman and... It cuts to 34 years later and we are in The Sovereign. We see Chris Pratt with some green-faced woman who I think is called Gamma Ruth. Yeah, well, we could just call her Zoe, couldn't we? Should we just call her Zoe? Yeah, that is her name, isn't it? That is the actress's name. I think so. (laughs) Imagine if we just call her Zoe throughout the whole film and that is even her name. I mean, we're going to really annoy people, aren't we? A raccoon called Rocket, a bald, muscly bloke called Drax, and a twig thing called Groot. Now, here's the only thing I wasn't clear on, uh, because I've seen seen Groot, and he's big, big tree thing. And apparently in the first film, he was killed, and this is the rebirth of him. So that's why he's a baby in this, because he died in the first one, and this is the regrowth of him. Oh, there you go. I looked it up, because I, I, in my mind, I was like, I'm sure that that tree, I've seen that tree big. It's quite cute. I liked him. So some octopus flies in, and Mr. Blue Sky starts playing by ELO, which was a high point. I enjoyed that. Groot is kind of, he's just having a bit of a dance, isn't he, while they're all fighting it off. So I suppose this is a comedy moment, is it? Well, I wrote that, actually. I was like, you know, you can just imagine people be, like, in the cinema, like, laughing hysterically. And I just thought it wasn't funny. (laughs) Me and you sitting there straight-faced, thinking, is this what other people think is funny? Yeah. (laughs) Drax gets himself wallowed, and he tries to fight it off from the inside. And then you see Chris and Zoe 
think this is a bad idea and they take it down themselves. They go in to see Aisha, who is the leader of the sovereign race, and she's sitting on a like gold throne thing. And she says that every citizen is born by design. She thanks the guardians of the galaxy, which is who this group of people are. And Zoe says, what are they getting in return for their services of protecting them? So it obviously becomes clear that they're protecting them from whatever the hell this octopus thing was. And then we had some blue-headed woman, turns up, called Nebula, who is uh, the sister of the green-faced woman. Yeah. I mean, that's unlucky, isn't it? Basically, that the reward is they get her sister back, even though that she doesn't seem very happy about no. it. And it turns out she was trying to steal some batteries. Chris says his mother was from Earth and his father wasn't, and she insults him. And then he, he, he kind of tries to flirt a little bit, doesn't he, with Zoe? Oh, yeah. Next thing you see her arguing with Nebula, who says she will kill her. Not very nice, sisters. Is this the point that they leave and Rocket, the raccoon, uh, confesses that he, he stole the batteries? I think so, yeah. I'm not really sure what these batteries are. Yeah, or the point of them. No, don't, don't really get that. But anyway, he steals them, which is a crucial part of what's to come. They get shot at and have a um, space battle with the Sovereign race drones because presumably they realise that they have stolen the batteries. And these people, these gold people, are meant to be sort of very, like, they've been sort of genetically modified, have they? Yeah, so that everyone's the same. But I said, you know, like, you've got that many people shooting at you and not one of you hits one of them. Flawed. Yeah. So someone destroyed the drones. They see it's a little man. Again, I think that's probably meant to be another, you know, another funny bit because the raccoon or whatever he is says something like, oh, he was really little. Yeah, I think so. So they crash land on a planet, which I haven't written the name of. And a spaceship arrives and Kurt Russell gets out. And he says his name is Ego, but we will ignore that from here on in and still call him Kurt. And after all these years, he's found Chris. And he's his dad. I need you to Google something now, because this is what the spaceship looked like to me. That's the only thing I could think of. If you Google sketch London toilets. Mm. Sketch London toilets. Yeah. Can, can people play along at home? Yeah. <laughs> I hope you are, guys. Okay. What the hell is that? The toilets at a restaurant. Have you been to the toilet in there? Yeah, I mean, I literally went for a drink and I was like, right up to the toilet. Just because you knew that they looked like this? Yeah. That's quite good, isn't it? So, like, you, 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 for anyone that isn't, that's maybe driving and can't Google, it, it basically looks like a, like a spaceship and you get in a pod to go to the toilet? Yeah. Yeah, and then it plays music in there as well or, like, has, like, rainforest noises. Well, thank you for that. What a problem. I wonder if that's what they based it on. Maybe. 
So um, we cut to another planet. And we see, you won't have picked up on this, but Howard the Duck, who was like a character from the 80s, is there, which is really weird. As he wrote something like, you're out of luck until you've gone duck. Yeah, that's it, yeah. So we see uh, Yondu, who's some blue bloke. And even more weird than Howard the Duck, Sylvester Stallone pops up. <laughs> oh, I know, I wrote this down. What's going on? Why has he got such a small part? Why was his voice so weird? His voice... The whole thing. Really odd. Sylvester Stallone walks off and said that Yondu betrayed the code as uh, Ravagers. Are they called Ravagers? Oh, I've got no idea. Okay. They, well, let's call them that. They betrayed the code as Ravagers don't hurt kids. So this gets a bit dark, doesn't it? It's like, you know. And Yondu denies any knowledge of this. Uh, Sly says that he takes no pleasure in exiling him. Then uh, gold woman Aisha rocks up. She hires Yondu to capture the Guardians. Meanwhile, Kurt is explaining he asked Yondu to collect Chris when his mother died, but instead he kept him. Um, he doesn't know why, but Chris says he used used him to help him still. Kurt then invites them to his home planet, and they all go but leave Groot and Rocket to repair the ship and guard Nebula. Wouldn't you have just taken her with you? Yeah, I don't understand because they've left her with a raccoon and a twig. <laughs> like, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. If they'd have left that great big thing there, Drax, fair enough. Yeah, I agree. So Yondu and his gang captures Rocket, but when he makes it clear he won't kill Chris, they turn on him and capture him too. And in the meantime, Groot lets Nebula out because she convinces him that she's going to go and help. We see... Ego's planet, which is Kurt's planet, and discover that he's a celestial. Celestial? Is that right? Have I written that down right? Yeah. Which um, is like a god. We then see Taserface has Rocket and Yondu tied up, and Nebula has joined them. She said that she wants to kill her sister. I do understand why. Maybe not kill her, but, you know, like I get why she's angry with her. I why is she angry with her? Well, later on, she says it's because I think the, the dad would always compete, make them compete against each other. And the green one, Zoe, was always better. So then every time she beat Zoe, beat her at something called better, the dad replaced a bit of her with metal. Oh, gosh, I don't remember that. And then later on, she says to Zoe, you know, all I wanted was a sister. All you wanted to do was win. Yeah. And then, you know, you can kind of understand why. Why wouldn't Zoe just not win for once? I don't know. I, I must have missed that. I must say it took me six sit-ins to watch this film because <laughs> I just couldn't, I literally couldn't sit for more than about 20 minutes at a time. So there were a couple of times I dozed off, but I, I thought I always run each one back, but maybe I missed, I must have missed that little mm. bit. 
So we see a little skit with Drax and Mantis, who is Kurt's assistant. This was mildly amusing and actually, you know, quite amusing, like not even just meant to be comedy. I thought it was quite funny. Right, sorry, what bit was that? With Drax and Mantis, so when he's like calling her ugly and says she's revolting. Oh, yeah, yeah, I did. That was quite funny, wasn't it? Yeah. Bit of light relief. We then see uh, Groot, Rocket and Yondu overpower the ship. Taserface rings in the coordinates of their whereabouts to Aisha's lot before he's blown up. Nebula arrives on Ego's planet and tries to kill her sister and they reach an alliance, which must be the point that you said and I've just written they reach an alliance. Yeah. Uh, Mantis warns Drax, etc. of Kurt's plan that he actually needs two Celestials to activate new extensions of himself on thousands of worlds. So that's why he needs Chris. Cut to Kurt explaining the same thing to Chris, and he says he has thousands of his children bought to him who failed him. So he has them killed. But he says humanely, as if that makes it, you know, much better. Chris kind of doesn't look that shocked at the start, which, you know, surprising. That sums him up now, you know, bit of bit of fame gets his head. Are we talking about Chris Pratt or or the character? Well, a lot of similarities between them. <laughs> yeah, as I said, he seems on board with it until he admits that he killed um, his mum so that he didn't get distracted by love. And then that's when Chris gets very annoyed and shoots him, but it doesn't work. But I mean, he could have, not that it would have been any better, but he could have just killed the mum, couldn't he? Did he need to make her have cancer? If he managed to kill all those children humanely, why couldn't he do that to her? Yeah, like, I just think it might have just been, you know, probably been a bit like, oh, it was a freak accident, rather than him having to watch his mum slowly die. Yeah. And did he really need to, to let her die? I mean, couldn't he have just, like, shipped her off somewhere? I don't know. It seems a bit extreme to me. Mm. Or maybe he could have bought her with him, you know? I mean, Chris is a human that's living on this planet. Why couldn't he have been bought, with, bought, bought her with him? Yeah. He tells Chris he will have to spend the next thousand years as a battery. I mean, again, back to batteries. I have no idea what they're talking about with this. <laughs> the rest all crash land a spaceship on Kurt. And then we see Chris and uh, Yondu bonding. Chris uses his celestial powers to stall for time to allow the others to escape. And using a bomb that Rocket made from stolen batteries that Groot plants, they manage to kill Kurt, but not before he gives a little quip saying, you shouldn't have killed my mum and squished my Walkman. I wrote something saying... Oh, I only made a couple of pages of notes. What did I write? Just Walkman, Carla, I like it. Yeah. I used to love my Walkman. They were great. Did you have a Walkman or were they Discman by the time you were old enough? I think I did have a Walkman for a little bit. They were just the best. And to save on batteries, since we're on the theme of batteries, a lot in this film, uh, you could take the cassette out and rewind it using a pen so that you saved the batteries so they lasted longer. So you'd be sitting there rewinding the cassette using, using a Bic or something. And you could do it really, really fast if you had a knack about you. I was a very fast rewinder. Were you? 
And we see a giant Pac-Man as well, which I quite enjoyed. I like that bit. Yondu flies on in and carries Chris out, saying, he may have been your father, but I was your daddy. And then I've written, then he dies. Why and how? I don't understand what happened to him to make him die because he was just talking and then the next thing, I mean, obviously he sacrificed himself, but I'm not really sure what happened. Who died, sorry? Yondu, the the, the blue dude. Uh, yeah, because there was only, I think because they were out in space, it was sort of a little bit like a, like, you know, in that, like an astronaut's outfit. There was only one of them. Right, okay. He put Chris and then he died. Right. Uh, we also see the sisters make up and Chris gets given an MP3 player, which he is amazed by as it's got over 300 songs on it. Um, he sits, sits with Groot and listens to Cat Stevens. And then we see Yondu's funeral and he's accepted by Sylvester Stallone as a ravager again. How much do you reckon Sylvester Stallone got paid to appear for about five minutes, all in all? Probably more than most of them there. I reckon probably even more than Chris Pratt, possibly. Especially a lot more than the women. Oh, political. If it was Mark Wahlberg, he would have given it all to them, probably. Forced. <laughs> he did that at the goodness of his heart. Oh, yeah, yeah. Nothing because it went public. Funny, isn't it, how it went public? <laughs> he must have been so annoyed that everyone found out. And and that's it. I mean, it's quite short, really. When you, I mean, it felt long when I was watching it, but actually when I read it, it's not, not, not that long a film, really. I did get a tip that said watch the credits, so I did. And there was actually quite a funny bit where you see Groot is uh, growing up and there's a, there's a part where he's turning into a teenager and he's just sitting in his room playing on PlayStation while Chris is trying to ask him to tidy his room and stuff. Oh, so the best bit of the film. You missed it, yeah. You missed the best bit. I thought I didn't want to make you watch the credits. I thought you'd kick off if I said that. But, you know, the most depressing bit about the whole film was they said something like that they will return. <laughs> Not again. <laughs> okay, so did you enjoy it? No, I wouldn't watch it again. Fair enough. I just think it's... I just can't really get on board with it. Because mm. normally you're quite... You know, you're not as bad on Marvel stuff as me. You were right in Spider-Man. And, you know, you. I mean, you have a, a very odd liking for Iron Man as well. Yeah, I do. So... You know, I thought maybe maybe you'd be the one to sort of bring this episode up a little. No, sorry. No. Well, I'll tell you what we're going to have to do. We're going to have to head over to the shout-outs and they're going to have to do it for us because we've had a few positives. So let's crack on and see. So we'll go to Twitter first. And we've got at Nerd Versus World, which is a great podcast, and we recommend them, says... Really enjoyed Guardians of the Galaxy 2. It's a clever film that handles different subjects such as absent parents, abuse and alienation. It's a film about fathers and their kids and the support we find in non-traditional family units. I think the first one is better, but it's a tight call. That got deep. 
I, I didn't see any of that. I just saw people with different coloured faces, which says a lot about my deepness. I saw a Walkman and a green face woman. <laughs> At Rough Draft Podcast, our friends say both thumbs down. Occasional funny bit, thanks to the raccoon and the twig, but boy, you have to sit through some tripe in between that. I mean, I'm on board with that one. Thank you, Stacy. Another of the Britpod uh, scene podcast, Things Wrong With Things, says, powerfully fine would be my assessment. Explosively okay. At Zombie Kitty Podcast says, I thought it was funnier than the first film, but not as memorable. I enjoyed it a lot, but I haven't felt the need to rewatch it since I saw it at the cinema. While the first one I've seen numerous times and frequently quote it. That's not to say the second film is bad, as it's not. Someone quoted me, Guardians of the Galaxy. I wouldn't know what they're on about. (laughs) I quote it to you all the time and you just don't pick up on it, do you? The Something Something cast says, I felt someone said, how can we make Guardians more Guardians? Most of the movie felt like a set-up for slow-mo scenes set to iconic music. Didn't enjoy it nearly as much as the first one. But still fairly positive, I think. Yeah. On the whole, other than Stacey. On Instagram, we've got It's Luke B. Says, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is such a fun movie. The retro vibe is awesome. And how they use Drax for more comedy than the first movie is also great. And it's got some of the best one-liners. Will from Hey Down in Front says, not as good as the first one, but good enough, I suppose. The pod stuff says it lost the magic of the first movie, which is the dynamic of the team, but almost makes up for it in the end with the payoff of the Yondu storyline. And last but not least, Sandy Shark says, I love Guardians of the Galaxy. So I think we're, you know, obviously pretty much me, you and Stacey are missing something. Well, yeah, clearly. I'd imagine if you are into, you know, superheroes, it would it would be quite good. But just not 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 for me, I'm afraid. Nor me. Although having said that, I think it would be good to have it in a theme park. It's built for a theme park, but just not Epcot. Yeah. Okay, so it'll probably be quite a short episode, this one, I would imagine, by the time I edit it down. But is there anything you would like to add at this stage? No, I don't think so. Okay. So you can find us on Twitter at Theme Park Films, Instagram at Theme Park Films Podcast. You can email us themeparkfilms at hotmail.com and we are also on Facebook. We are the proud creators of Britpod Seam, which is a collective of British podcasts. We have a brand new website up and running, which is fantastic. Big thanks to Tom from That King Thing for sorting that out for us. You can find that at www.britpodscene.com or you can find us on Twitter and Facebook for regular updates. We will see you probably in a more upbeat future episode, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. Sorry to anyone we offended. What can you do? You can't like them all. We made a commitment to watch everything that was in a theme park. You know, I think we've tried to find positive in all of them so far. Some you just have to admit defeat on. Mm, Agreed. 
this goes with men in black yep but thank you very much for listening anyway and we will see you next time bye theme park films podcast is part of brit pod scene a network of uniquely british podcasts that's always growing check out britpodscene.com or follow britpodscene on twitter to find out more Oh